as long as we're always showing up as who we think we're supposed to be and pretending we can do all the things, we never get to the place where we say, this is who I really am. This is what I can really do um, and invite other people to also show up in that same way. Hello and welcome to the 30 Second Book Club podcast, a place for people who want to read more books and be in a book club, but don't really have time to do either. I do that for you. My name is Andy, hanging out with Melissa Camara Wilkins today, talking about her book, Permission Granted, Be Who You Were Made to Be, Let Go of the Rest. And if you just feel like you're not your true self, you want to be more vulnerable, be more authentic, this book is for you. Melissa, let's start here. It feels like this book really probably came from a pretty personal point. Talk about that. This book for me is a very personal book. You're right. It's absolutely the story of how I learned to give myself permission to be who I really am. And I feel like I've always been the kind of person who could see all the things that were expected of me out in the world. You know, there's all these expectations about how we're going to show up and what we're going to look like and what we're going to say and what we're not going to say. Um, and I could see all those expectations, but I've never been able to meet them. <laughs> like I always have been, um, you know, a little bit too much for some places and not quite enough for other places. And um, it's, it's hard when you can see all that to just be who you really are. Um, and so this is a story for me of how I learned to step into who I really am in all the different areas of my life, in my family life, and in my creative work, and in my friendships and community, and all the places that I go, and um, all the things I have to do. Real quick, uh, as I was reading this, I, I felt really connected to a lot of things you thought and said. Are you, do, would you call yourself a people pleaser? Oh gosh, I would call myself a recovering people pleaser at this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I was feeling that vibe from it. And yeah, it, it, in this book, you really go through that journey of, okay, I, I, I'm ple- you know, I, that's just kind of who I am. But then now I, this is what God wants you to be. So we'll dig a little bit more into this. You know, right at the very beginning of the book, uh, you talk about you're at church and there was a speaker that really touched you and they talked mm-hmm. about both and, and you wrote it down. It, it's, yeah. it's a really interesting thought. You wrote it down in your notebook. Um, and what, what does that mean? And, and how did that touch you? Right. Well, so she was talking about how we can feel um, like we are even broken, right? We can feel like we are not measuring up. And at the same time, we can be in that place and um, be okay right where we are. And at the same time, be allowed to keep growing, right? The fact that I still have growth to do does not mean that I'm wrong right now or I'm not okay where I am right now. Um, This place where I am, it just is right? This just is where I am. I'm allowed to be here and I get to keep growing and changing and becoming more of who I really am. Um, and so I wrote that down, that, that both and it's where I am right now and where I'm going and all the things that I'm becoming. Um, cause I feel like I am all the things, right? I'm, um, a mom and I'm a writer and I do these other creative things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, at that time I was, I'm depressed sometimes and I'm optimistic that things are going to get better. Um, I can have all these things that are like, I don't feel okay with where I am right now, um, but I know I am okay and I am held right here in this place and I can keep growing. I can be okay with this place and I can keep growing. All of those things can be um, true together. Melissa, I, I, I love what you talked about a little uh, later about feeling like if you could just work a little harder. Now, I, I realize this is from a standpoint where I don't know a lot of us would be at. I mean, you're a mom of six, right? Six, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the pressures in your to-do list, uh, yours might be exponential compared to ours, but we're all kind of at that point thinking, and you said, I told myself that if I could just work a little harder at holding everything together, things would be fine. So how did you get mm-hmm. past that? 
well, <laughs> I couldn't hold things together. Um, <laughs> sometimes it just falls apart. Um, yeah. And I will say too, yes, six kids, so much to do list. It never ends, but really I thought one kid was hard. Like I, <laughs> right. I, I thought my to-do list was never ending when I had one. Um, it's just, you know, the things on the list just shift. Um, but yeah, I, I did think if I could just hold it all together and keep going, eventually everything would be okay. Um, and that's just not how it works, right? If um, if I'm always pretending I can keep it all together, if I'm always trying to get everything done and not let anybody know that I need help and um, not let on that, like, this isn't okay. This me trying to do all these things on my own is what would be superhuman. And I'm, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just human. Turns out as we all are. Um, if I'm always in that space of pretending, I never get to connect with people um, in the space where I am right now. Right. We never, um, as long as we're always showing up as who we think we're supposed to be and pretending we can do all the things, we never get to the place where we say, this is who I really am. This is what I can really do. Um, and invite other people to also show up in that same way of this is who I really am too. And we can connect as those imperfect, can't get it all together people rather than all of us pretending all the time that no, I totally can. I'm, I've got it all. I've got it all under control and you've got all your stuff under control. So, you know, we'll stay in our own little bubbles. Um, that just doesn't, it doesn't work and it doesn't lead to connection. It doesn't lead to um, feeling content with your life. It doesn't lead to um, deep community. Well, and I think it's interesting because you talk about it's, um, that there was a time when you walked away from all of your communities and, ta mm -hmm. and talk about a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I was in a place where I felt like I really couldn't um, be who I was. I couldn't tell the truth, um, that when topics would come up and there seemed to be an expected answer, this is what we're all supposed to think and what we're all supposed to say. And I didn't agree. Um, and when I would say, uh, that doesn't work for me, or I don't quite agree. I could see the people around me all kind of closing off because that wasn't the right answer. Um, or it could be, I could say that as long as we came back around to the right answer by the end of the conversation, rather than leaving any questions open or any doubts open. Um, and, and that didn't work for me. And I realized I had gotten quiet in an effort to preserve those friendships or that community to, to keep my place in that space. Um, but the thing is, our communities are not supposed to be um, a place where we're sacrificing ourself and our, our, you know, who we actually are, who we were made to be in order to just fit in. That's not belonging. That's not, um, that's not deep community and connection. Um, so I did, I had to totally step back um, from all of those things where I was trying to force it and make it fit so that I could hear that voice again inside me saying, you know, this is who you really are. This is who you're really made to be. And if you say things you're saying, you know, that doesn't work for me, or, or that's not really who I am, or I don't really agree with that. If you say those things out loud and that community falls away, that's okay. You're making space for the community that really does have space for you, where you really can belong. Um, and that's, you know, that's awful, painful to walk away from like, this community feels like it, it could almost kind of fit. If I just carve some of myself out, you know, I can make space for myself to squeeze into this hole. Um, but that's not what you were made for. You were made to be this person who you are with this history and this personality and this perspective that nobody else brings to the world. And if you are shutting all that down, um, it's it's not true belonging that you're achieving there. It's just um, holding space, just fitting in into that space. You talk a lot, um, that, that that idea of space. And, and there's this uh, idea of also, you know, when you're creating space in yourself, you're talking about being 
too busy, and you talk about how busy doesn't leave room for connection, only for collection. And, and, and I think this was interesting, too. You talk about, you know, we have our phone in our hands all the time, but that's not a good thing because we end up just kind of looking at that instead of kind of digging deeper, even with ourselves, when we're just kind of with ourselves. Yeah. For me, so this kind of came to head for me when I had my second child. So I had my my one little person and I could keep my days so busy. I could schedule stuff from morning till evening and we could run around to the library and the park and the, you know, all the things you can do with a preschooler. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly I had another baby and I physically could not do those things anymore. Like I could not run from here to there. I could not, you know, pack enough diapers to make it through the day. Not going to happen. Um, and so I had to really look at my way of being and my calendar and say, you know, were all those things bringing meaning into my life? Because if they were, then I've totally lost the plot here because I'm not doing any of them anymore. Um, And if not, why was I bringing all that stuff into my life to begin with, right? Why was I scheduling myself so full that I never had time to stop and think? Um, And that was really the answer was I didn't want to have time to stop and think. I was afraid to stop and look at you know, where am I in my life now? Am I happy where I am? Um, do I like the choices that I'm making? Do I like the way I'm showing up? Um, you know, um, are the things we're doing feeding our relationships or are they just passing the time? Um, and for me, when I finally held still enough to hear those questions, then there was space for the answers to come up too. Um, and now that a little bit more time has passed since then, now I have the option of not just filling out my whole calendar, right? Like you said, I can just pull out my phone and fill up my my brain space with just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Um, so it's even harder now to say, you know what, I really have to make space in my day every single day, even if it's a teeny little bit of space to hear um, what my life is telling me. You know, how do I feel in my days? Um, do I feel like I'm showing up as who I want to be and how I want to be in this world? And if not, what changes do I want to make? You know, I was so afraid to hold still because I was afraid to hear what the answers were. I was afraid to hear um, that I wasn't happy or that I w- didn't like the choices I was making. Um, and so I just didn't even want to ask the questions because I was afraid to hear the answers. But the truth is when you make space for the questions, when you let those answers come up, at least then you know, right? Then you can choose what you want to do with that information. If you aren't cool with where you are, you get to make changes. And if you are, if you're like, oh, you know what? Things have just changed. Um, it's not how it used to be, but this is also okay. Well, then you know that too. And then you get to be a little bit more comfortable and make your choices from a place of intention rather than a place of avoidance. Speaking of choices, your dilemma in Ikea, I think, is one that we've all gone through. <laughs> well, I just need a pillow, but there's like 50 different kinds and the kids are crying and they're not happy and you can smell the Swedish meatballs and you think, man, we're all hungry. <laughs> I just need to go. And the, what was the lesson you learned about decision making while you were there? Yeah. So it's like, please let us go home. Um, that, that wasn't the lesson. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. We, we showed up. We're there to get pillows. I think I know exactly what I need. Um, and then I get to the aisle and there are three different things staring at me, like you know, the back sleeper, the side sleeper, the stomach sleeper. I'm like, I, I don't know. What's the difference between these things? Like, does one have more feathers? Is one more dense? Is one more comfortable? Is one of them like objectively the right choice? Um, and so my brain instinctively went to, we're going to research it. Right, we're going to break this down into little pieces, and we're going to research the feather content and the density, and find out the, 
who's the pillow expert who can tell me the right choice at Ikea? Um, but my kids are already like, we're done, mom. We've walked through the entire store the side of, size of Rhode Island. We're done. And this is the very last thing. And you're, you're stuck in the pillow aisle. We don't have time for, you're going to Google the whole internet. We have time for like, take a pillow and go home. Um, and Ikea is just far enough away for me that I don't want to run back again tomorrow. You know, it's like, mm. it's a trip. I'll make the trip, but it's not the thing I want to go back and do again the next day. So it was like, well, you know, do I leave the pillows and go home and research? Do I come back? Um, but you know, the truth is some things you really do need an expert for some things you can make a lot better decisions if you get that information and you research it well, and you've listened to all the things before you make a decision for yourself, but other things, honestly, you can just pick one and go home. Um, and so my husband is staying there watching me like go, I don't know. Is it this pillow? Is it that pillow? What, what's the right pillow? Um, and he says, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to take a side sleeper because I sleep on my side <laughs> and I thought you can do that. Like you can just, just like pick just cause it's right for you. You can just like, just pick it out. You don't have to find out all the things first. Um, you know, I, I almost would have accused him of like being a lazy shopper if I hadn't been watching him wrestle all the kids all the way through the store. So I, I knew that was definitely not the case. Um, so I did, I just went, okay, well, you know what? I sleep on my back. I guess I'll, I'll get a back sleeper. Um, and I took it home and I didn't have to waste any more brain space on that decision. And that was amazing. You know, we took them home. I still have no idea what the difference is between the pillows and we all survived. <laughs> I love uh, when you talk about um, the voice of the spirit versus the voice of fear and how mm -hmm. it's, I think so often you would think, well, that's the opposite, but you say, you know, it, it really is an opposite. It, there's a little nuance to it. And I think it's really important that it's a perspective I've never heard before. So I think that when we're going around through our day, um, I think so much of what we're doing is driven by that voice of fear, that little voice in the back of your head that's saying, oh, well, you know what, if you do it like that, what are they going to think? Or who's going to say something about that? Or um, even this is just the way it's always been done, right? This is the way it's done. Um which means you don't want to do it differently because that wouldn't be the way, right? That's not what everybody else is doing. That's not the approved path. Um, all that stuff, I think, really at the back of our minds, it's it's fear-driven. Even just the like routine stuff that we've never thought about, it's just the, the routine we were handed by our culture, our society, our community, whatever. Um, all that stuff is, it's at the very root of it, it's that fear of stepping out of line, um, of not being the same as everybody else or of not being approved of. Um, and I think it's really easy to think, okay, so then the voice of the spirit would be the opposite of that, right? Because we can be called by the spirit or we can be driven by fear. Um, but it's not, I think it's not even the same playing field. I think when the voice of fear says, you know, don't step out of line. You have to do exactly what everyone else is doing. The voice of the spirit is not necessarily saying, no, do exactly what no one is doing. You know, do something that makes no sense at all. <laughs> I think the voice of the spirit is asking us to step out of that lane completely um, and to consider who you really are, what really makes sense for you. Like, what are you hearing when you get quiet that you need to do? Maybe it is the same as what everybody else is doing, you know, 80% of the time. Um, but maybe it's not. Maybe there are certain areas that what you need is really something different. Um, I think we get stuck in this dichotomy of like, you know, um, well, whatever we do, it has to be, say, um, serving someone else. Um, and the voice of fear will tell you, you know what, if you aren't showing up in a way that's serving someone else, you're not enough or you're not going to be um, doing the right thing. You're not accepted. That's not that's not cool. And the voice of the spirit doesn't say like, no, disappoint everyone, you know, don't serve anyone. 
it's it's not that the voice of the spirit saying step out of what you think you're supposed to do let go of all those shoulds and listen for who you really are and what you really need to do and then move forward in that and this book is just all about you know giving yourself permission to be who you're made to be and so i love at the end melissa when you talk about you know the the important question if you get to the end of this book and you're still just trying to f- discover where, where do I need to go, it's not what will they think or am I allowed? What's the question mm-hmm. we should ask? You know, I think the question is who am I really? Who am I now? Um, who was I made to be? And then how can I start showing up as that person in the world? I think that that person who you are is connected to love, right? Who you are deep down underneath everything else. Um, your deepest identity is love. That's who you are. It's who you're made to be. It's what you're made of. It's the building blocks of your soul. Um, and what are you hearing when you get quiet with that self, uh, with that still small voice inside you? What are you hearing that's right for you to do? No book club next week because it's the KTIS Spring Fundraiser. Would love for your support at myktis.com. After that, uh, next week, then uh, Than Bennett will be hanging out on the Thursday Second Book Club podcast talking about his book, My Fame, His Fame, Aiming Your Life and Influence Toward the Glory of God. 